نبينا ومولانا محمد وي ان سوره صافات ان ايه نمبر 28 27 27 وأقبل بعضهم على بعض يتساءلون قالوا إنكم كنتم تأتوننا عن اليمين قالوا بل لم تكونوا مؤمنين وما كان لنا عليكم من سلطان بل كنتم قوم طاغين The following is an account of a discussion, a dialogue that occurs between the people of Jahannam. The people in the fire will have this conversation. The Quran is mentioning this as a warning and also to inform people some of the realities of what happens there. So in this ayah number 27, Allah says, That some of them will turn to each other and they will start questioning each other. There will be some sort of inquisition amongst the people of Jahannam and they will lay blame on each other. They will say, some of them will say to others that you used to come and uh, distract us from the truth from the right side and the right course. You are the reason why we did not believe you had campaigns and you led us astray. You did everything so that we would not follow the people of the truth in order for us to follow you. And this is very broad and very general. It could refer to one individual who is stopping another. It could refer to a group who is stopping another. It could refer to a whole nation that is stopping the rest of the nation from following the truth. The other group will respond and say, the fact is, you are the ones who weren't believing. We never did anything to stop you. You listened to us, but we did not force you to listen to us. So this goes back and forth. As you know, everybody blames each other, and everybody will disown each other, and everybody will say that you're the reason for our miseries, and so on. So even in Jahannam, the nature of those who don't believe uh, will remain. They will be in a state of denial that this is not our fault. Just as the devil trying to justify his uh, disobedience, 
by saying that I'm better than him. Likewise, the people of Jahannam who will not want to take responsibility for their sins. And they will blame each other. So they will go back and forth, back and forth. وَمَا كَانَ لَنَا عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ And we had really no authority over you. Sultan means an authority, a power that enforces whatever it is that it's trying to enforce. So here, as with the devil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, he has no sultan authority over you. Likewise, these people who were the leaders in the community will say to their followers, we didn't really have any sultan or power or authority over you. The truth is, you were a group of people who were going to transgress and rebel. Anyway, you were a rebellious group. It was in you. And because you listened to us, we brought out the rebellion that was innate in you. So you were doomed for failure whether you listened to us or you didn't listen to us. And they will continue. And they will say that the final decree and the word of our Lord will now be pasted upon us. It will be forced upon us. And then, indeed, we are now going to be tasting. Tasting what? Allah's punishment. So they will realize their fate and they will say it's no use blaming us uh, because we are going to have a fate which is probably just as severe if not more severe than your fate and uh, that is where the conversation now uh, will stop. So yes, we may have deleted you we may have led you astray, we may have misguided you, and indeed we are misguided ourselves. So they will have no recourse to say that uh, this is now the reality. <coughs> and when reality kicks in, and they realize that this is their abode and this is their punishment, uh, they will eventually concede that they are the ones who are misguided and they remain in delusion about uh, or they remain in delusion in the world so now this is as I said a conversation that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is recording for us to reporting uh, this is what's going to happen they will be now uh, partners in the punishment so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that uh, they will share the same type of punishment because they were both guide, misguiding uh, each other. Yeah, so one doesn't go without the other. So there's shirafa and there's partnership in the punishment to show them that they're both the same. As the next ayah says, Inna kadhalika this is how we will fare 
and we will deal with those who are criminals and those who now did not believe in Allah or his signs or did not uh, act upon the essentials of the deen and so on. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ Indeed, the fact of the matter is that when these people were told that they should believe in La ilaha illallah and they should adhere to the, the universal fact that there is no God except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they turned around, yastakbirun, with great arrogance. And they said, in the world, we don't need all this. We don't need to know about the divine. Uh, we don't need religion. We don't need anyone to be our moral compass. We don't need a referee in our lives and all of those statements that you hear nowadays commonly throughout the world. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will have to come to terms with this arrogance. Referring to the people of Makkah that then they will say as an example, the Quran is using the people of Makkah, the Mushrikun, as an example for others who may follow them, that are we going to now leave our gods for a poet who is mad? Uh, so first, they didn't believe that the Quran is the word of God. This is poetry, number one. Number two, then they also believed that he was mad. He was now possessed, that he didn't have his faculties intact and so on, which obviously is a contradiction in itself. You can't be a poet and be mad at the same time. You need a certain amount of uh, integrity in your mind to be able to compose uh, the poetry and so on. But this is what they uh, used to say to the Prophet Wasallam, and now Allah is relating their fate uh, in Jahannam. بَلْ جَاءَ بِالْحَقِّ وَصَدَّقَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ The reality is that he came with the truth. This person who said, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ There is no God uh, besides Allah. He came with the truth and he confirmed the message of the messengers. Okay. So a prophet will always confirm the truth and he will always confirm the prophethood of other messengers, he is not going to belie or deny anyone the truth. So that the truth, wherever it is revealed, has to be acknowledged. And this Nabi, this Rasul, who is Muhammad وسلم, being the last of all Anbiya and Prophets, he confirmed not only the truth, but also the people who came with the truth, both. So this is his, his, his attitude towards the truth. Whereas your attitude is anything but uh, following the truth. إِنَّكُمْ لَذَائِقُ الْعَذَابِ الْأَلِيمِ Indeed, you are now about to taste a very, very formidable punishing punishment. A very painful doom and punishment you are about to taste. ذائقة. The idea of tasting is obviously metaphoric. And it is not literal. 
and you will be rewarded or compensated only for that which you did, meaning the punishment fits the crime. You did this over the course of your lives, and since your lives were there in that world of time and space, that will be translated into eternity here, because there's no time here. But the fact that you remained disbelievers and you remained arrogant towards the messenger will now lead you to living with this punishment. Um, However, there will be another group of people uh, who are the servants of Allah and they are the ones who have been made pure. Mukhlasim is different from Mukhlisim. Mukhlis is someone who is sincere and Mukhlas is someone who is made sincere. So there's a difference in ranking. Mukhlis is that you are sincere and you make an effort to remain sincere. Mukhlas is chosen by Allah that they are made pure and the sincerity becomes innate. And so, so these servants will not be amongst those whom we have previously mentioned. The people previously mentioned are the people of Jahannam. And now we are now going to mention a group of our servants who are made pure. Who are they? For them, they will have a known risk. They will have a predetermined provision and risk, risk that is known. Yeah, so there's various tafsir to this. One tafsir is that whenever they eat from the fruits of Jannah, they will realize that this fruit is the reward of this act. Well, that is one way to understand the word ma'loom, something that is known. So they will recognize uh, the Jannah that has been made known to you. Yeah. As you see in Surah Baqarah, that there will be resembling fruits and reward that they will recognize. They will be similar that they will be able to recognize the difference in how the reward is appropriated, which is an added blessing. Okay. If you know, obviously, um, more about the food you're eating, it makes for good conversation. You're happy. I know where this thing is from. I know how this is done. I know how this is cooked. I know where this fruit is. I know how this fruit is uh, cultivated and so on. So the more you know, the more pleasure you gain from the fruit and the more pleasure you gain from eating. So as an added pleasure and ni'mah to the people of Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it known to them that this particular fruit and food is a result of this particular act and this particular deed. That is what is meant by rizqum ma'loom, a rizq that is predetermined, if you want to say that, or a risk that is known in the minds of those who eat it. 
And what will that be? Fawakihu. That will be the fruits. Yeah, meaning every fruit they taste will be based on knowledge of that fruit, where that fruit came from in the dunya. So this is how the Quran now is describing the ni'mah of Jannah as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the punishment in Jahannam. So you have both now uh, components of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the mercy and the other is the punishment and the adab. وَهُمْ مُكْرَمُونَ And more than that, uh, they will be honored. So one is that people feed you as if you are a homeless beggar. And the other is that people entertain you and host you and honor you that you are now uh, given a spread. And the host is now doing everything to make sure uh, you are taken care of and so on. That's honorable. So the food that will be served in Jannah, the fruits that will be given in Jannah, will be uh, in the ambience of honor, nobility and dignity. So that makes for a very, very pleasurable moment. Not that you're dishonored and so on. Usually when you have guests, you can only attend to one guest at a time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will attend to all the guests of Jannah at the same time. Nobody will feel that they're being left out and then they don't have the focus of the host upon them. So that is what is meant by mukramun, that they'll all be honored by the host. What is now the setting and the backdrop where they will be given this food and they will be allowed to eat these fruits in gardens. In gardens that are full of delights and full of ni'mah, na'im, full of pleasure. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the setting is going to be extremely, extremely pleasant. And the host will honor those people and they will be honored and they will be in a state of bliss. Ala sururim And more than that, they'll be reclining and they'll be facing each other on, uh, on uh, comfortable chairs uh, and comfortable beds and comfortable furniture. Surur. There are a number of translations for the word sarir. And it could be anything that from a reclining couch to a settee to a sofa to a chair or any such thing uh, that is honorable and they'll be facing each other, meaning that when we eat in Jannah, there'll be many occasions when we will eat together. And when we eat together, we'll be facing each other. So that we can feed each other also is in the description of the people of Jannah, that the people of Jannah will continue with their generosity that they had in the world, and they will literally feed each other even in Jannah. So that, that tradition continues. It won't be that you're selfish. This is my pie. And this is my biryani. No. You'll be facing each other and you'll be feeding each other. So that brings about the communal effect of Jannah. Jannah is not a private place where you have your own kind of retirement home. It's a very social place. It's a community place. As Habal Jannah, I mean the people of Jannah, the companions of Jannah, where they, they mix and mingle 
and they're happy to be with each other and see each other and they're happy to feed each other and entertain each other. So that will be another honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow the people of Jannah to experience all the time. So ala sururim mutaqabileen that they'll be facing each other so that they know who's who and so on. So it'll be a very social and festive environment and atmosphere. يُطَافَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِكَأْسِمْ مِنْ مَعِينَ Then on top of that you have the fruits, you have the food, uh, you have the company. On top of that you will have something to drink. And what is now that to drink? That they will be given. Uh, the, uh, the, the, what will happen was that the, this, cups, this cup or this goblet will be passed around them. يُطَافَ عَلَيْهِمْ so it will be circulated around them and it will be from Mimma'een. Yeah. There will be something that is now a river of wine and everybody will be given a drink in that goblet, in that cup from the river. And this is now the social setting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes for us, for the people of Jannah. It is very graphic. And also is very sensual. It's not metaphoric. You mustn't assume that Jannah is metaphoric. And it's going to be somewhere in la-la land. No, it's real. It's physical. It's not metaphoric. It's literal. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point of resurrecting the body. Mm. It will be crystalline white. It's purely white. That when you look at the drink you'll be fascinated and a certain amount of happiness and joy will be instilled in you just as you look at it. When you look at something and you're happy, then you know that something is beautiful. Okay? That's the ni'mah of the eye. Okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide us the ni'mah of the eye, the ni'mah of the tongue, the ni'mah of the ear, and the ni'mah of touch, and the ni'mah of smell. All these five senses will be heightened and they will be given their, their respective forms of ni'mah. So when you look at the water, it will be bright white. It will be so white that you will be happy that it is that white and pure. Obviously referring to the purity of the drink, it will not be a drink that has been adulterated um, with filthy uh, uh, pollutants where you need to, to stamp on uh, the grapes in order to make the best wine. None of that filthy stuff. <laughs> It'll be pure uh, right from the spring of the wine. An extremely delicious uh, for those who drink it. Yeah, so you don't have this, this wonderful taste. But at the same time, although it's wine, uh, it will not be intoxicating. Yeah. So there will be no headache therein. There will be no heavy head that after you drink it, you go into some kind of state of, what's it called, withdrawal? What's the other thing? What's it called? Hangover, there you go. 
And there'll be no han- hangover when you drink from the wine of Jannah. So Allah is now mentioning this so that you may compare it with the wine of the dunya. So the wine of the dunya is that wine uh, which, first of all, intoxicates you, number one. Then you have a hangover, then you have withdrawals, and then you, you have to sit under the cold shower and drink uh, buckets of coffee to make sure you come back to life. Uh, this will be life-giving. It will not be life-taking. Nor will they be intoxicated so that you'll have no... Another ayah says, Sudar, there'll be no headache uh, from the drink that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala serves you. So this is now all the inamat and the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for you in Jannah. It's Jannat al-Na'im. Jannat al-Na'im is presumably the lowest level of Jannah. The lowest level of Jannah and around them there will be maidens okay, who will now not glance here and there and they will be wide-eyed they will have beautiful eyes but they will not be flirtatious meaning even in the description of the women in Jannah there is no flirtation so a description of those people, women in Jannah, uh, needs to match the description of women in the dunya. So women in the dunya also should not be flirtatious, and uh, men also uh, should not be doing this and that. So what I'm saying is that the maqsurun, maqsuratun fil khiyam, the Quran says in Surah Al-Rahman, the luhur, they'll be limited to their tents, they will not go outside and flirt with everybody else in Jannah, they keep their eyes to themselves. Which is a beauty in of itself. Which is a ni'mah in of itself, that that you restrain yourself and you keep your eyes uh, lowered and you don't look here and there and everywhere and assume that everyone uh, who walks with two legs is now game. You can't assume that kind of lifestyle because the women in Jannah will not be like that. They will be pure. They will have some manners and ethics and morals and they'll have a high standard. MashaAllah. As if they were very precious eggs, hidden. Maknoon. Maknoon means hidden. That only you can see them and only you will treasure them and only you will be able to benefit from them as if they are like that. So this is how we now see the Quran given us first of all the insight into the conversation that the people of Jahannam will have blaming each other, disowning each other and feeling guilty that they followed each other and so on. Then the Quran describes the Jannat al-Naim, the Jannah that is the lowest level of Jannah, that you have all these pleasures and everything there is very social and is very entertaining and very, very festive. Then the Qur'an continues with another dialogue. Hmm. So some of them will turn to others and they will start to question and ask questions 
from each other. Qala qailun minhum inni kana li qareed. So one person from them will say, a sayer will say, that indeed I used to have a companion, qareed, someone who is close. I used to have a companion. Qareen is usually used for someone who is not a good companion. Uh, that is the style of the Qur'an. Mm. Uh, as we know in the other surah, Surah Zukhruf. وَمَنْ يَعْرِدَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ نُقَيِّضْ لُهُ قَرِينًا That whoever turns away from the dhikr of the Rahman, we will impose upon him a qareen, which is the shaytan, the word next word is shaytan. So there we see that the word Qareen is used for someone who is not a good companion. But anyway, this person who is from the people of Jannah will now start a dialogue and they will start to reminisce and they will start to now uh, give some information about uh, the people who they knew as a casual conversation. So this ca casual conversation is a ni'mah for the people of Jannah, whereas the conversation that the people of Jahannam will have will be more a form of niqmah and further punishment. He used to say to me that I am amongst those people who now believe and confirm that there is going to be a day of judgment. As if to taunt me, he used to ask me this question sarcastically. That he used to ask me and tell me that is it true that when we die and we become dust and we become bones that indeed we'll be questioned and we will be judged. <coughs> so he used to look at me and taunt me and make these remarks about me. But he was a Qareen, he was a companion. Maybe he was my neighbor, maybe he was my colleague, maybe he was my classmate, maybe he was somebody who might have been my boss or my employee. The other person who is in the conversation will say that are you now aware of this person? Can you observe this person? So the other person who started the conversation will now look into Jahannam as Allah will allow sometimes people to look into uh, the other place. So the people of Jannah may be allowed to browse what's happening in Jannah for a few moments and the people of Jannah will be allowed to browse into the people of Jahannam for a few moments. So this person will now take a look. Farahu, that he will see him. But where will he see him? Fi sawa'il jahim, in the middle of the fire. He will see him right in the middle of the fire. Qalat Allah in kuttalaturdeen. He will say, Wallahi, by Allah, is a qasam, tallah is a qasam, that you very nearly doomed me. In kutta, in kitta laturdina, you're going to destroy me, meaning the conversations you had with me, taunting me and rebuking me and making fun of me, 
nearly led me to disbelieve the way you disbelieved. Then what happened? And had it not been for the grace of my Lord, the ni'mah of my Lord, I would have been amongst those who have been brought forward to the punishment. But it was Allah's ni'mah that stopped me. So the people of Jannah will not ascribe their being in Jannah to their own deeds, to their own actions, and to their own uh, personality and so on. They will ascribe it to the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَا نَحْنُ بِمَيِّتِينَ Are we not now going to be dying? We will be dying. إِلَّا مَوْتَتْنَا الْأُولَى وَمَا نَحْنُ بِمُعَذَّبِينَ And you used to say that we are not going to die except this one death, the first death, and we are not about to be punished in any way, shape or form. So now, there's a three-way dialogue here. One is the dialogue between one person of Jannah and the other person, and then the third person is the one who is in Jahannam. So there's a three-way dialogue, as you will see. So I mean, there's dialogues of the people of Jannah and dialogues of the people of Jahannam. And they're also recorded in the Quran, so that the Quran becomes a complete book, a book of reality. All right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not spare anything in the Qur'an, ma farratuna fil kitab min shay, we have not spared anything in the book, in the revelation, wherever there is reality, Allah has revealed that reality. So this conversation is necessary, is necessary to punish the people of Jahannam, and is necessary to reward the people of Jannah. That's why the Qur'an reveals this dialogue, so that people may take heed. In Hada Lahual in Hada Lahual Foes and Adim. Indeed, this, this here is the greatest triumph. Al Foes and Adim. The best triumph. Huge, tremendous triumph that you want to say that I made it, I am successful. So the people of Jannah will then realize that they have been not only rewarded, but they have triumphed over falsehood and they have triumphed over uh, Jahannam itself and they have sought the fadl of Allah and received the fadl of Allah. So if there is now a superb, supreme victory and triumph, it is the triumph of being allowed to enter Jannah. And this is the mindset the Quran develops that we as Muslims living in this world, we do have to participate no doubt in whatever is good, but our eventual fate must be this statement, and then the following ayah is obviously of immense, immense beauty. If anyone's going to work, then they must work for this. It is for something similar to this, that people who work should work. That's the translation of the ayah. If you're going to do any work, then do work for this, which is entering Jannah. So all your efforts must be uh, focused towards the Akhirah and focused towards the Divine Presence. 
focus towards Jannah, becoming part of the community of Jannah, so that you are now in this triumphant state of existence. Yeah. Then the Quran continues the comparison. Is this not a much better hospitality than the tree of Zakum? Than the tree of Zakum. Zakum is a tree in Jahannam. And the Quran will describe it in the next few eyes. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repudiation of the people of Jahannam will say sarcastically, as I said, the Quran uses sarcasm on many occasions, that it is, it is not a better hospitality than the hospitality they will receive, those over there. And yes, definitely it is. Indeed, we have made it, meaning the tree of Zakum, we are going to make it a trial and a tribulation for those who are unjust, for those who are wrongdoers, and for, for those who are evil. Uh, they will be now uh, made to be the recipients of that hospitality which is in Jahannam, and they'll be forced to eat from the tree of the Zakum. What is Zakum? Innaha shajaratun takhruju fi aslil jaheem. That is a tree that is going to grow and come forth from the very foundations of Jahannam. Yeah. From the very roots of Jahannam. So Jahannam has a pit. And there is now the bed of this pit. From the bed of this pit, this tree grows. And it grows right to the top of Jahannam. So this is now the first thing about Zakum. Talu'uha ka'annahu ru'usu shayateen. So its fruits, uh, its buds, tala means the buds. Its buds are as if they are the heads of devils. So when you look into the zakum from above, you will see that whatever the fruits are, or towards the beginning of the fruits, before the fruits blossom, the budding. The budding will resemble the heads of devils. So it's ugly, very, very frightening uh, picture that the Qur'an is now. Depicting about this shajaratu zakum. Fainnahum laakiluna minha, famaliuna minhu butun. So they'll be forced to eat from it, and their stomachs will be filled with this zakum. Famaliuna minhu butun. Thumma inna lahum alayha la shawbam min hameen. And then afterwards, in order to now water it down. And in order to, 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 what do you call it here, uh, drink something so that the zakum enters and is now digested, uh, they will be then forced to drink something from very, very hot water. Scalding fluid, as the translation here says. So now you have the, these fruits that are immensely bitter and they are frightening to eat. And then on top of that, uh, you're going to now uh, try and dilute them uh, or try to swallow them by drinking extremely hot water. Uh, hamim. Yeah. 
And then afterwards, after they're entertained with this hospitality, their return will be to the Jaheem itself, to the fire uh, of hell itself. So now we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala depicting on one side the ni'mah of the people of Jannah, and he's now depicting the punishment for the people of Jahannam. So there's a comparison uh, between the two, and you can see that this is now all in columns, and it is arranged and organized this way, and this way, which is the theme of the surah, in Wasafat Safa, that the angels are in ranks, and the angels will be regulating the punishment in Jahannam also. إِنَّهُمْ أَلْفَوْ آبَاءَنَا الضَّعَبَاءَهُمْ ضَالِّينَ Indeed, now going back to the dunya, what was the crime of these people? That they found their forefathers, and they found them to be misguided. أَلْفَوْ آبَاءَهُمْ They found their forefathers, ضَالِّين, to be misguided, and they knew they were misguided. فَهُمْ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ يُهْرَعُونَ and then they rushed towards their footsteps and they went with them and they didn't question themselves and question their forefathers and they didn't question the veracity or the validity of their traditions and their customs and their aqidah and their beliefs and their world view and so on. And indeed many before them uh, were also uh, misguided. So this is unfortunately a human tradition to be misguided. And indeed, in order to reform these misguided people, we did in, indeed send to them those who were warners. Mundirin. So we sent warners that people should be now made aware of the consequences of their actions in this world, that there is another world and there is life after death in which you have to pay for what you did in this world. Mm. Yeah. So now you must observe, O reader of the Quran, look, observe, think, contemplate, reflect. Uh, what is now the consequence of those who were warned? What is the consequence of those who were warned? And you now see, as we have described in the ayat previously, the consequence of those people who are in Jahannam and those who are in Jannah. Except for those servants of ours who are now made pure. When they are made pure, then Allah will save them, allow them to enter Jannah, and so on. So you see in this... Uh, <coughs> passage of about, what, almost 50 ayat, right? Uh, 50 ayat, the Qur'an now gives us this very vivid picture of what happens in Jannah, an extremely explicit picture of what happens in Jahannam, so that the, the manifest nature of revelation is in front of the reader. So the Qur'an is it is an open, clear, manifest book uh, which brings everything into the open. It opens it up. Mubin. Something that clarifies, something that opens up. So it is now revealing 
and it is clarifying and it is giving the reader uh, several descriptions. The reader should be, first of all, mesmerized by the Arabic. If you just read the Arabic and you understood it the way it should be, you'd be mesmerized just by the language. Okay? That's number one, you'd be dumbfounded. Number two, the message and the abstract values that these ayat represent and the intellectual uh, kind of cohesion between the ayat is another point. And thirdly, the most important, the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides through these ayat is immeasurable. That when you want to really warn somebody, this is the way you warn them. And when you want to give glad tidings uh, for someone, this is how you give glad tidings. So the warning is also very, very remarkable uh, with this remarkable language and the glad tidings are extremely descriptive and appealing. So this is the way uh, the Quran addresses reality and since it's part of Surah As-Safat, where Surah As-Safat is about angels who are organized and arranged in rows, uh, these uh, uh, realities of Jannah and Jahannam will also be organized and the angels will be organizing the forms of bliss in Jannah and they'll also be organizing the forms of punishment in Jahannam. And this is how we get to the theme of the surah. Inshallah. Uh, we will stop here. The next set of ayats speak about prophets. Inshallah. We will return in, in two weeks. There's no class next week. Enjoy your first few weeks of spring, I guess, in the cold. Jazakumullah khair. We'll see you all soon. Subhanallah alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka.